0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. Mike Pingleton here, and I am your host for these proceedings. And here we are with episode five. I hope you enjoyed the Frog chorus soundbite at the top of the show. Those are Pine Barren tree frogs that I recorded in New Jersey a few weeks ago. And I got some great photos and videos of them calling as well. I stuck the frogs in there since they kind of relate to the topic of today's show. Before we get to our guest, I want to say thanks once more For all of the comments and feedback and suggestions, I really appreciate them. Keep them coming in. And a couple folks asked about the artwork for the show, the caricature of yours truly. Now that was rendered by freelance and comic artist Ethan Kosak. He's Black Mud Puppy, all one word, on Twitter, which is pretty cool. If you need some quick and fun artwork done at a reasonable price, check him out on Twitter or hit me up for his email. Ethan has done hundreds of avatars for folks on Twitter, including me, mostly people in what I call science Twitter. I have a narrow focus on Twitter. I tend to only follow people in the sciences. It's a much nicer place that way. So now let's get to our guest. On today's show, we are reaching back into the golden age of snake hunting with a conversation I recorded with Peter Mooney this past January. I first met Pete in Peru a few years ago, and it wasn't long before I found myself thinking, wow, this guy has a ton of stories. And I soon realized that Pete is a natural storyteller, and that he has all those stories to tell simply because he's done a ton of cool stuff over his lifetime. Last year, Pete and I visited Cuba with a small group of people, and we were roommates, which gave us a chance to get to know each other a little better. And I learned that Pete is a pretty chill guy, Uh, like other friends who are world travelers, which is a good attitude to have when you visit foreign lands and nothing is cut and dried and all of your plans can go up in smoke. Pete goes with the flow and he enjoys himself wherever he is. I knew I wanted to get Pete on the show after hearing stories about his herping experiences back in the days when it was called snake hunting in the 60s and 70s. Pete grew up in New Jersey, and he grew up herping the New Jersey Pine Barrens. And later, he worked as a school teacher in Jasper County, South Carolina, just a rock throw away from the Okiti Hunt Club. Now, both the Barrens and the Okiti area are famous historical herping hotspots. And this guy was at ground zero for both of them. And when I had the opportunity to visit the New Jersey Pine Barrens for the first time a few weeks ago, I got to bump elbows with Pete on his home ground, and that was a lot of fun. Now, before we get to the interview, I want to point out a couple things. First of all, back in Peter Mooney's formative years, and mine as well, no one used the term field herping. You went snake hunting, or frogging, or turtling, or something like that. It hadn't really been invented yet. And the term collecting was frequently used, even if you didn't collect any animals. Although, of course, many people did back in those days. And the term collecting comes up in the interview so I want to make sure that you hear it in the proper context. We live in a different era now where field herping is an established recreational activity and, hey, even with a recognized name, that can make it into a book title. And these days, field herping is much like bird watching, And, of course, for the majority of participants, collecting herps is no longer part of it. And on a side note, of course, we field herpers enjoy a tactile advantage over birders, we get to touch and handle toads and turtles and New Jersey pine snakes, which makes field herping better than birding. Yes, I said it. Now go send me an email. My second point is about reciprocity. Over the years, I've noticed that a lot of people involved with herps end up making contributions back to the animals. They, they don't view it as a one-way activity. Now, some people drag their butts into classrooms and other venues in order to educate the kiddos, so that they don't grow up to be shovel-wielding snake-haters. And then they go back home, damp with turtle pee and smelling like snake musk. Other folks do bio-blitzes and other kinds of surveys. And some do the hot and dirty work of restoring habitat. And some walk freezing beaches in the winter in order to save stranded sea turtles. And of course, some people do many of these things. Altogether, they give back as best they can. And as you'll find out in this interview, Peter Mooney is also in this group, and I'm proud to know him. So here's our conversation. Hello, everybody. Today we are talking with Mr. Peter Mooney. Hi, Pete.
1: Good morning. How is everybody? <laughs>
0: well, I'm well. I, I'm excited to sit down and have a chat with you. It's, uh, we've uh, done a number of trips together. Uh, currently, we're sitting in my hut in the uh, Peruvian Amazon, uh, but uh, which I think is this is your third trip down here to this area
1: with with you guys. Yeah, it's my eighth trip to Peru, my fourth trip. trip with Margarita Tours. Okay, <clears throat> and <clears throat> yeah. I've made other trips down here with uh, other groups, and you guys are the most productive <laughs> by far. <laughs>
0: Not an official sponsor, but a friend of the show. Thanks, Pete, for oh, that.
1: Anybody who comes down here and has a bad time, it's their fault.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. And we also went to Cuba together. and We had a right. great time. Wonderful. Yeah. You were my Ruby. And uh, man, it yeah. was just super.
1: Outstanding company. Outstanding yeah. food. Outstanding different look at life in Cuba. Yeah. And I was a former history teacher, and that always interests me. I like When yeah. I get to places, I like to see how the people in the countryside live. When you learn how they live, you learn a lot about the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it decidedly different uh, lifestyle for them. Oh, extremely. Very, very uh, self-sufficient people.
1: They're responsible people. Yeah. They have yeah. to be, you know, the things that we throw away, they recycle several times. And it, it, it makes you humble when you go home. I, you know the old saying, um, what is it?
0: Do do with or do without? How does they go? Use it up, wear it out. Do with or do without? You right. know, and they do that, right? They they just make everything last and make it work. So, yeah. very interesting trip. So so today I I thought we would talk about uh, Peter Mooney the the early years, and I don't mean you know third grade. But I'm talking about uh, your experiences, how how you came into you know, being interested in amphibians and reptiles. And you have a lot, maybe a lot to tell us about the, what we call the early days of snake
1: hunting, because back then that's what we called it, right? Right. I was born and raised, I was a, I'm a first year baby boomer, born and raised six miles from New York City in Teaneck, New Jersey. And wildlife there consisted of an occasional blue jay and squirrels. And the only snakes I could find with a lot of looking, the garter snakes and decay snakes, now brown snakes, were common. Uh, a few salamanders were fairly common. Water snakes and milk snakes were rare. Uh, and I was fortunate that my mom put up with it, and that was before fifth grade. When I got to about sixth grade or seventh grade, I ran into a big-time snake hunter who changed my terminology of snake hunter to snake collector. He's uh, Raven Ostrin, famous from Strictly Reptiles. He moved oh. to Florida mm-hmm. then and through raven ostron i met other old-time herpers gordon johnston and dick bartlett ah yeah i was fortunate enough to go on trips with them to the pine barrens to south carolina to florida Uh, 1968 made a trip from florida to arizona and into mexico with them and you know life is good on the road and that was the early days of herping too you know at that time uh Somebody sold a snake or traded a snake it was not considered a bad thing to do nowadays right, right. you need more sense in doing that
0: yes yes uh,
1: you know, people used to overcollect areas and destroy habitat everybody is more concerned about nature in general and about yeah. habitat in general
0: we we've seen a big change haven't we in, in the oh. people's approach to observing amphibians and reptiles there's not much of that bring them back alive stuff left oh. is there
1: I started collecting in Peru probably in the mid to later part of the 90s and everything was done by boat because there was no cabins. So if you collected snakes and wanted to photograph you had to wait till you docked up the next day and the snakes were released along the river. Maybe 20 or 30 miles from where they were caught that in, in this situation at these camps you guys are so particular about where you release this stuff. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, we try to get it right back where we found yeah. it. In the yeah.
1: old days, you know, even in New Jersey, you caught a pine snake and you let it go 20 miles from where it was found. It was no big deal. And I've worked with herpetological associates, and they've tracked snakes that were released and find out that snakes don't do well in New Jersey if they have to travel because they get hit by cars.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, yeah. Plus they so talk get-
0: a little bit about your experience with... Herpetological Associates, that was sort of a part-time gig for you, right? You were a teacher and uh, you worked for them part-time, right?
1: Yeah, I worked with Bob Zappaloid and Herpetological Associates and some other outstanding Pine Barren collectors, uh, herpetologists, and my job was to do environmental inventories on areas that were to be developed. The State and Pinelands Commission wanted to know what was in them, so we went in and looked for the snakes and described them. you know, we caught the same ones over and over we had an idea of the population i did the first radio tracking in new jersey in ocean county oh and that was back in the old days when transmitters lasted from a, a week to six months at the most and weighed as much as a f- flashlight battery and oh my gosh those those things have all changed and everything is much easier now yeah and dr Reinert showed us how to implant the, the snakes and supervise that and uh, he was cutting edge. So I was yeah. very fortunate in the people I met in my travels, Herping. I also taught school and lived across the street from Okotee Club in South Carolina. I lived in Switzerland, South Carolina, next to the old post office.
0: Okay, if those of you listening aren't amazed by this, you you, you should go read some books and, and get properly amazed, because that's, S- that's pretty cool.
1: Snakes and Snake Hunting by Carl Caulfield. I wanted to go every place snake- Carl Caulfield had gone. And some of his places are where I live now, in, in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. They're half an hour, 45 minutes away. Crosley Pines and Corns, yeah, Mount Misery Timbers, it's amazing. So I was, I'm very lucky, and especially on a trip like this where everybody is just amazingly good at nature. Uh, it's not just uh, the snakes they're looking for. We have people that know their frogs, know their insects no, they their birds and yeah. it's, for me it's diversified not yeah. just looking for the elusive bushmaster which everybody <laughs> wants to find <laughs> yeah i've looked for them my eighth trip looking for them here and probably the eighth country i've looked for them in and i'm still looking but it, that's the fun part is looking
0: yes yes uh, indeed uh, indeed and so uh when you um you, you're sort of the, the doing the local thing you're following Carl Caulfield's book around, and, and you're making starting to make some contacts, you know, with Dick Bartlett and Gordy Johnston and a few of those people, and now you're starting to get out and do some, put some real miles on the road, uh, go to Mexico, and uh, a trip from Mex to Mexico from Florida is nothing to, even these days. That's that's a pretty good haul.
1: No, and I made two trips into the <laughs> west coast of Mexico where it's dangerous now. With Gordon Gordy Johnston and Denny Miller, who lives in Alpine, Texas now, mm-hmm. he again is from not. I collected him with him when he was, I was 14 years old. We're still friends. We still collect together. You know, and you by might,
0: collecting, you you that's oh, just we'll go
1: out and look for. Snow. We don't right, right. anything back. Just a
0: clarification. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Just old, old old terminologies are hard to
0: lose. Yeah, it's like snake hunting. I still yeah. say it. You know. Yeah, God's snake uh, hunting. You know. Yeah. sounds like you got a big gun or something, right? Right, right. Uh, my yeah. collection
1: now is—I uh, have venison and fish in my freezer. Those are the only animals I have. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, they're tasty. So. Yeah. yeah, and
1: I don't have to feed them. That's the good part. <laughs> yeah. They feed me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, They
0: all keep at the same temperature too. Yeah.
1: And w- one of the things that really makes makes trips with Mike and Matt great is that they're good people, and they travel with good people. And you could be on a trip with the best herpetologists in the world, and have a miserable time. Yeah. Well, that part of my job is to be the happiness fairy. Well, you know. do a good job. <laughs> Anybody who you can know. make me smile does great. Sure.
0: <laughs> I want to make sure everybody's having a good time, and 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 you know, and their dreams are being, you know, realized. So, it's 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 hard work, but somebody has to do <laughs> yeah. it. and, and you, <laughs> you succeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, so, uh, you have traveled all over the darn planet.
1: Well, um, I'll be making, I've been to Thailand maybe three or four times, once herping. And that was two years ago, and I was with Ton and Tan, and it was wonderful two or three years ago. Yeah. I'll be joining them again in June.
0: Yeah. So, that's uh, than, uh, Ton Tan Travel, we're talking about. Right. Some friends of the show are really, uh, really good wildlife guides in Thailand.
1: So. Excellent people, ex- excellent human beings. Yeah. Yeah, a couple years ago, I managed to get to Trinidad and Guyana on a birding tour, so I could look for
0: herps. (laughs) And
1: I do that a lot because a lot of it's hard to get to some places herping.
0: Yeah, and And there's not a lot of herping tours per se. There's some, but there's not not like birding, you know. No, there's birding tours everywhere.
1: No, and so yeah, I've made trips to maybe half a dozen countries in South America, several in Southeast Asia one trip to australia but not all I'm herping but i always look for herps you know, yeah it's yeah that's uh it's a fun way to travel an interesting way to travel and you meet good it's when you're herping you meet good people
0: and you seem uh, yeah you do you do and and you seem very relaxed you know you're you're very comfortable in your surroundings so it you, it's to me it's the mark of a seasoned traveler you don't get too uh bent out of shape by the weather or you know uh whether it's really hot or you know whatever it is it's that's, that's uh, affecting us you just hang in there and you're you're copacetic
1: you know there's so. nothing i can do about the weather right except so i have to accept it yeah <laughs> that's it yeah and the same with the insects i have to accept them yeah you know i do sleep with the mosquito netting i'm not that you know brazen not to sleep without <laughs> mosquito netting you know these things bother me but they go away you know, yeah. if it's if you want to travel, you got to expect these things. If you don't sure. like that, stay in New Jersey, <laughs> and put up with all the damn ticks.
0: <laughs> they got some ticks there, don't they?
1: With a lot of diseases. But, yeah. You know,
0: Isn't people, it funny that you know people think of the, you know, you come down to the rainforest or you go to Asia and you think, oh, the terrible tropical diseases you can get, and yet back home and you know in New England and the eastern United States, we have these ticks that are and the tick tick-borne diseases that are just proving to be. Terrible things. There's
1: at least five of them in New Jersey, you know. Yeah. I can't think of more fans besides Rocky Mountain spotted fever and limes, and one makes you allergic to red meat, and I don't oh, want yeah. that to happen. yeah. Yeah. No. a couple others, and then they have some nasty mosquitoes there, yeah. too, with EE, with Eastern equine encephalitis, and some Thai tiger mosquito that carries something.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the world's a dangerous place, even in Teaneck, New Jersey.
1: Yeah, especially on a driving on the highway <laughs> you know i live in forked river now and it's growing like any place else in the world everything changes more rapidly now than ever before i am so far behind in technology i finally got a flashlight with a switch on it and it's, it's good
0: yeah and
1: it's, uh...
0: so you also do some birding as well Is, is yeah, that?
1: i enjoy birding it's not my number one passion but it gets me to places i can't go and it's difficult or boring in New Jersey to, for me to bird in February and July and August so I find other things to do to get me outside yeah if I stay home I'll have to do dishes <laughs> this is true
0: yeah. so you go other countries and other places where it's warm and somebody else has the dishes to do
1: I make a yearly trip to South start looking for herbs from South Carolina to Florida and back over a three-week period you know, and that's that's fun going uh-huh. places. I started going to in 1962, and uh, it's all changed, but it's still beats sitting at home watching the news.
0: That is true. And Do you have like a, a destination you haven't been yet? You you you're really strong about going to?
1: Yeah, about fifty of them. <laughs> and,
0: um, Can you narrow it down a little bit? I'd like Give to us get, a couple.
1: I want to get back to Australia. I'd uh. like to get back to South Africa. I'd like to get to Madagascar, uh, places like that.
0: Did you do the the South Africa? Did you do the big um, megafauna, um, you know, lion, uh, lions and rhinos type safari trip? Or
1: I went to South Africa maybe 15 years ago with a fantastic South African herper, Mike Peary, oh, and yeah. it was an excellent excellent herping trip, and we saw probably all big five. Oh, wow. The big five. And they would call the big five because that's what the big game hunters used to go after. So now, right. the na- nature people go after the big five. Everybody wants a picture of a leopard, a lion, a tiger, not a tiger, leopard, lion, elephant,
0: uh, rhino, maybe? Oh, yeah. Rhino.
1: Yeah, they got two good kinds of rhinos down there. So yeah. it's interesting. And, you know, I'm interested in everything and just focus on herbs. Yeah. And when you're looking for the herbs if you pick your head up, you see the other things too.
0: Exactly. The bycatch is spectacular, right? Oh
1: it is. <laughs> yeah, you never know when you're looking at an elephant and it could be a tortoise walking by.
0: Yes. Yeah. Or vice versa, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I stopped for a tortoise on the road and I shouldn't have gone out by law couldn't get out of the car, but I did and next thing I know there's a lion sleeping not far away. Oh. I went back to the car quick and the turtle could walk. <laughs> Even though I'm slow. And I consider myself a tortoise now. I'm slow and deliberate. Yeah. You
0: know? Hey, but you're still in a race. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and by deliberate, I I grow slow. I can keep up, but I'm not seeing what I want to see. Yeah. I can't see as well as I used to.
0: Right. But you know what? The other night, you went off the trail a little bit, and you spied a a bush or a lance, a a South American lancehead. Yeah. Kind of tucked away, but... uh, his head was visible
1: what's nice about being last on a trail you can go places the other people passed yeah and take more time
0: yeah so you still got some uh you still got some game you know you can still see stuff so
1: you know it's all about the enjoyment yeah and i've been on bird watching trips with some of these people they never get their neck out of the tree if they don't see you 10 feet off the trail and say, look at that big bush mast. They're still looking at a tree at some damn parrot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. You need to look down, not just up, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so much to see, especially people say you're going back to Peru again. And it's got the, the Amazonian forests, most biodiverse places in the world. You know, yeah. there's, there's medicines yet to be described down here and and, and found. And, and some of the medicines that we have today all come, everything comes from basically in the beginning, it all came from trees. It's yeah. marvelous. Yeah. Oh, you know, be open minded when you come down here. Yeah, yeah. And I come in- with exactly. Matt and Mike. And you know, <laughs> my, my, my muscles are tired at the end of the day, and I'm tired from smiling because I smiled so damn much.
0: <laughs> and we sleep good too, don't we?
1: I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting Z's. I thought yeah. it was a buzzsaw, but it was my snoring.
0: So I, I I want to take you back a little bit um, because I'm still intri- uh, intrigued by your time in uh, in the Okiti area. You taught at a small school there.
1: Yep, Thomas Hayward Academy,
0: and uh, you were very close to the, the what we call the Okiti hunt clubs and and the that wonderful country down there. And uh, so in your spare time, you would go out and look for the corn snakes and the rattlesnakes and
1: on so New on so Year's forth? Day, that was the beginning of the season. We would go out and turn tin because we were too hung over to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I quit drinking. Ah. That was in those days. Yeah, You know, and you'd start so you could get the first corner of the year. Ah. You know, yeah. and then you had to have warm days. You could find just about anything. Yeah. And uh, I started there in 62, and I still stopped by there. I hunted over 50 straight years. Oh, wow. You know?
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I, that, that's that's that got to be... a you know that's an exclusive club. You know to do that. So yeah, yeah.
1: A- and today, when you go back, it's all changed because of the, the three major plantations. Then there were Okatee Club, Good Hope, and Chelsea, and they were made for quail hunters, yes. millionaire quail hunters. They had beautiful houses, lodges on them, or manor houses. They had uh, places for the local workers to stay, but the land was managed for quail, so they plant bird patches on the hills they'd cut the trees but didn't remove the stumps ah. right so you had lots of cotton rats you had stump holes and what we called hurricanes those were blowdowns downs or windfalls for the ah, snakes to okay. hibernate in yeah and they didn't have um the Buford water canal then which changed the water systems a bit and it's all changed now so much of that stuff is cut down and replanted now because it's all everything in the world is about money yeah. So a lot of these trees are cut down now and planted with slash pine and quick grown right. pine, which is a monoculture. Yeah. Yeah. It won't even support mosquitoes hardly.
0: Well, they don't have the old stumps and the old hurricanes no, around that, that area that's anymore. That's all gone. That's all gone. Yeah. Plus yeah. now
1: they fine you if you get caught. In the old days when you got caught, it wasn't too much, you know. And old Mister Cooler used to he'd catch me and say, "I told you, Pete." You gave you permission last week, not this week. Mr. Cooler, may I have some water? Sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Mr. Cooler was like the...
1: He he was the caretaker on Good Hope.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Good Hope. Good old man. Yeah. Yeah. And leave those coral king snakes alone.
0: Oh, really? That was a Scarlet King. That was his warning, huh? Yeah. Oh, Leave them
1: alone. Don't peel bark for the coral. Well, that's common sense, right? We
0: We can't have everybody peeling the bark (laughs) off every tree. The bark
1: became endangered
0: uh, uh you know, yeah
1: there's so many you know, there'd be 50 snake collectors down there at the end of march sometimes oh all goodness all over the country yeah you know? and and carfeld's book wrote it up people went down there and then wore it a mount
0: yeah and i don't think you know I don't, i'm pretty sure carfeld had no idea no he that, didn't that
1: the impact it would it have have when he yeah. wrote that book the, you know there weren't very many people interested in reptiles right and there wasn't that many good books, but know? there were more than he thought. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they
0: and they didn't, you know, they didn't always hold to the high higher ethical standards, well, right? They trump all did. over private property and so forth.
1: Some people didn't. Some people didn't. Yeah. Know? Some people, you know, no matter what they did, would be criminals. You know, there was one snake collector down in that stole the air conditioners from a hunt club. Oh my god. We were yeah. we were kicked off of that property because of him. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh,
0: there's always somebody ruining it, right? There's always a turd in the punch
1: bowl, you know. Yeah, no matter what it is. No yeah. matter what it is, you know, there's, there's you know, always a turd in the punch bowl, as you put it. So it was interesting. And Okatee Club used to produce massive amounts of snakes, and most of them went north or west at that yeah. time. Yeah. And It's a shame. But now <laughs> there's, no, there's very little habitat left for them.
0: Right. And there's a lot of traffic in that area now, too. A lot of
1: roadkill now kills a lot of snakes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I got my lifer Eastern back right there on the edge of the, of the hunt club. Yeah, and uh, I went back probably ten years after that, and the traffic was so heavy, I, I wondered how uh, any snake could survive on that road. So, I'm know.
1: still in touch with students I had 1975 down there. They're in their 60s now. One of them, Benji Hanklin, still looks for snakes, but he oh wow he he's just so disappointed because of all of the all of, What's happening all over the world? All the habitat destruction.
0: Yeah, lots of
1: concrete and. Yeah, and I was oh. just told that Chelsea Plantation got sold off to somebody who's going to develop beautiful houses overlooking the bay. Oh goodness. In the marsh. Yeah. And Hilton Head Island, I used to collect years ago. Mm-hmm. That was fun. They had big diamondbacks and fantastic corn snakes and king snakes on that island. Yeah. Hilton Head is all developed. It's
0: now. pretty manicured now, isn't it?
1: If you could find a place, to, yeah, golf courses.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you don't get run off. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it's it's fun to talk to you about that because you, you you were witness to a a time that is no longer with us. There no. was still a lot of undeveloped land. There were still places, you know, there's still a lot of, you know, tin roofs on the ground.
1: Oh, tin know? roofs, and I was always looking for the outhouse door. It was yeah. One of my favorite things, find an old outhouse because the door would be off and flip that, and mm. you know I was my I'm going for the outhouse door. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. And there's animals that last time I really hunted it was maybe five years ago and it was very disappointing. Things I don't see down there anymore when I go through narrow-mouth toads, oak toads. Don't you see them yeah. in large numbers? Coach whips, you see in large numbers. Mm-hmm and you know i don't see any of them i haven't seen a diamondback down here in at least five or ten years
0: yeah i i've been told by some other people in that area that they're pretty much gone from that area yeah and just the roads the roads take their toll and development takes its toll
1: and have it you know there's not the stump holes and the big hurricanes right. for them to hibernate yeah, their in.
0: habitat's gone yeah so things have changed quite a bit, uh, unfortunately.
1: Early years going out to Arizona in 68, that's changed a lot too. Yeah. And West Texas, I went to school and after Denny Miller and I got out of the military in 1969, because we went to West Texas in 68, herping with uh, Gordon Johnston and Dick Bartlett. You know, we decided that was a great place to further our education with the GI Bill, meaning they had good snakes. <laughs> so we decided to go to Sol ross and there was no rules then about collecting on the roads and sure think right, there was you know it was just open season yeah there was no snake collectors no I mean, you could ride the roads all night for a week and not see one other person looking for herps
0: that's amazing that doesn't Anytime happen you, anymore
1: no. no no it was a lot of fun do you uh did
0: you find the gray banded king Snake out there? First
1: ones we got, we got two one night in Langtree on the Loop Road, and then oh. I went out Denny and I went out with the local man who picked up snakes, Bill Chamberlain,
0: Chamberlain's store, yeah, Yes. and uh, we
1: used to stay at his place. And oh, nice. uh, we went out with him another night and got Blair's king snakes. and oh. it was it was wonderful. Wow. And the first gray phase we called Davis Mountain King Snake was just south of Alpine on Big Hill. And we oh, didn't, yeah. we, we didn't mm-hmm. know we were hunting road cuts and thought nothing of it. And now that's what people do.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's about snakes. all people can do. Yeah. <laughs> rock the,
1: rattlesnakes and Care, Alterna.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that and the uh, Trans Pecos rat snakes and things like that. Oh, yeah. Like you scrubbed uh, the
1: Boy Scout camp for them and the River Road for them. Yeah. Those were the hot spots. Mm-hmm early 60s early seven, late 60s early 70s
0: so did you ever consider living out there um no you know?
1: too far from the ocean
0: you like the ocean yes yeah i see how far are you now from the ocean
1: six miles nice. as the crow flies 45 minutes drive <laughs> <laughs> the, re-
0: the reality of new jersey yep. yeah oh and so that's important to you. so Yeah, uh, I
1: like to fish with my kids and my son and my grandkids. Right. That's important. Very important. That's my na- number one thing to do at home now. I take my little grandkids fishing and catching turtles, and they love it. Wow. Yeah, you know, so maybe, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than playing video games.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
1: And I'll never forget you yeah. doing that, you know.
0: No. Even when they grow up, they're like, you remember when old grandpa took us out? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the pictures I have down here my anytime I'm holding something here, that's for my grandkids.
0: Ah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's that that's a little, that's a subtle indoctrination, right? Yeah. It's like, Hey, wanna see some wildlife? Yeah.
1: yeah. And I got, you know, pictures of them in natural you know, situ sit but when they see the size of a smoky jungle frog you're holding, they can really comprehend that it's bigger Big. than the green frogs back home. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> and those things are fun to sure to mess with a little bit you know um, yeah yeah so um do you have any trips coming up that uh that we ought to know about what's your next destination for sure thailand nice
1: and i think i may have one other oh i'm trying for madagascar oh boy but uh you've never that, been there right Never been there and that's a hard place to go unless you go with a birding group, which costs a lot more than going with a snake group. And I want Ugh. to see more than birds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a few wildlife guides there now for herps.
1: Well, there's Kelly who was on this trip last year.
0: Kelly Hunt, friend of the show.
1: Right. She went this year, and I'm trying to go with that that's same right. group.
0: Okay. So you got a lead on, on something.
1: Yeah. and But because I'm a first-year baby boomer, a lot of these people are concerned about me getting around. And yeah. you know, using it the tortoise, uh, slow and deliberate approach, I yeah. can do anything. Sure. Yeah. And if I can't do it, I don't do it. That's yeah. all. And yeah. with you guys, it's not a problem. You yeah. Know? I, I have ache. Stay back and relax. It, yeah. no, no such thing as oh, you got to get out. We only have two more nights. It's you know you, you know you you drank some Peruvian colon cleanser and you got to spend the night at home it's not a big deal yeah yeah
0: yeah so yeah that's a problem occasionally but uh yeah yeah not not uh not too bad fortunately but yeah you know we uh we read the room we know uh you know, you're not you're not out for the sprint, and we have oh, we have some hard chargers, right? And let them right. let them go, and right. uh, we can accommodate both. Right. We, we like can to, we can do the tortoise and the hare, right? If we need I, to. I
1: can move fast, but I don't see I can't see what I want to see. And right. I like to you yeah. know, stay in the back of the yeah. group and look off the trails.
0: Yeah, and I can appreciate that. Yeah. You know, as I as I climb the calendar myself, I can appreciate the, <laughs> yeah. uh, that approach. So, <laughs> well, thanks for talking to us with us today pete i i could i feel like we could just sit here and uh record episode after episode but uh i'm glad you came and talked to us a little bit about the early days and uh I, people will i think really enjoy hearing about the early days in the okiti area and that kind of thing and hanging out with some of what we call you know, the the old school
1: herpers snake
0: yeah. hunters you know
1: and i know and, them, hundreds of them from Okiti because that's where they they fly yeah. to
0: it was kind of the really the only way you got to know other people who were into the into that right I mean well, you run into them in the field
1: when I was young I belonged to the Philadelphia herb Society and the New York herb society and i, I met a lot of people that way
0: you're right yeah that's yeah. where you went to a meeting and you you uh you got to hang out with what we call normal people <laughs> yeah. yeah you know because everybody outside of that thought we were nuts right well you know
1: some of us still are, <laughs> but, what's but you crazy? know what? I, you know they—they yeah, they yeah. like snakes. What? He's Why weird, would you like yeah. those? Yeah, they—you know—people so, got sent to see psychologists because they had interest in reptiles.
0: Yeah, people yeah, thought something was weird. wrong with There's them. Something sure. to And then you go to a, a Herb society meeting, it's like well, brothers and sisters. Yeah. So nice to meet it's you. Speaking and, the same language. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and people. Um, you know, I mean, you you know, you always have friction be- between some people, but it was a great place to to make new friends and and get new ideas for places to go, right? I mean, that that was my experience. I'm sure it was. Oh, you hear yours. stories,
1: people come back with, and you want to go them too. And one thing I want to say about your tours, I see more snakes on them than ever before. In the old days, there was no cabins, nothing. We stayed on little boats. Or in 1998, I asked uh, the other day about my first birding trip to Ecuador. It was the first Christmas. Bird count in It was the only way I can get down here. Honey, as Devin. That was 1998. We slept in tents on platforms at Madre Selva.
0: Wow. And I was that the plat- the floating platform? No. Oh, just ate- on the ground. We ate our
1: meals on the floating platform. And they had one set of back-to-back houses. So nice. everything's improved. And it was only short. There was no bridges, just logs with sticks or poles in the ground to yeah. cross. It's much more efficient today, more snakes yeah. on one of your trips than I saw on those early trips in a week.
0: Well, that's good to hear to
1: one night, yeah, you know here, yeah, well
0: we, you know every trip we get a little better at some things too, yeah, you know, figure it out, and of course, we have the local guides, you know like Emerson and edwin uh that you know they they really tip the scales in terms of helping us find hard to find species and
1: and it's wonderful being with those fellows. If I have a question about something non-herp, you know, about a plant, oh, yeah, we use it for this kind of medicine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they speak, Emerson speaks better English than me because I'm from New Jersey. Right. And uh, there's wonderful people also. Yeah. Um, and and another thing, on your trips, you know, safety is the number one protocol. Safety yeah. means a lot. You know, that snake is dangerous. You need help. Leave it be. Have you ever been bitten by a venomous snake? Nope. Okay.
0: So, me either. And I, I, I hope to get out of this game scot free. Right. I mean, that no, could
1: ruin a weekend. Yeah. I could, <laughs> and and a place <laughs> on a trip like this, it could spoil it for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big. Tra- it's trauma for everyone. Right. Yeah.
1: So safety is the number one yeah. concern. Snakes, just catching them or photographing them, whatever, is is way up. You know. So
0: as you were coming up, did you kind of? learn i mean you obviously knew that these things could cause you great harm but you you, you learn good ways to, to to handle them or or you knew when when to handle and not handle and yeah well keep the parts
1: out of their mouths was number one <laughs> and, and the early books the early books that were available to me were, were like snakes that were, were dipmar's old books but one of the first books i got for a christmas present was um a boy's book of snakes by percy, percy a. a
0: morris, morris. yeah, yeah.
1: And the old Conan books—he had a hollow tube with a noose on the end, yeah, for noosing snakes. And you learn that they can hurt them, not not yes. only get you close enough. Yeah, I mean it's good
0: it. to get a museum specimen, but that's not what we're here for, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that whole business of pinning them down with angle irons and all that kind of stuff—that was that was uh, that's no, I rather they're, harsh, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I've been carrying the same snake hook. For over fifty years. Yeah,
0: you have. Yeah. yeah. You just uh get a big stick and uh strap yeah. it on there and, and you're I ready use it to go.
1: As, you know, as a walking stick too. It's big yeah. and it helps keep me from falling. Yeah. And you know, might look odd, but amongst people like you guys it doesn't matter. No. It works. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah. Those early books, you know, they had the, the little cutter suction cups. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Make the X over the bang marks.
0: Oh yeah
1: things change
0: yeah i'm so glad we don't do that anymore it didn't worth it it didn't work worth the damn anyway no so you,
1: you get infected and gets chopped off
0: yeah exactly yeah of so course that's... you got
1: bit by a garter snake you know and you wanted <laughs> to suck out the venom Who knows, you know? they say yeah. nowadays like in new jersey the protocol for snake bite is car keys and a cell phone two most important yeah. things
0: i agree with that yeah. i agree with that and Snake bites a whole nother show. There's so much to that. You remember when people were talking about, you know, using batteries to oh yeah take from electric the one shock and, yeah yeah that was kind of yeah. nuts.
1: And also, you know, you need a good doctor too who knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: that's important. And like her- working for Herpetological Associates, I call Bob Zappalotti. He's got a list of who the best doctors are, which hospitals have antivenin, things like that.
0: What was it like working for Bob? Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Did you learn a lot about critters doing that? What was Not
1: only we learned a lot and we developed a lot a lot with the the state uses some of his old some of his methods a protocol now for the uh, consulting firms. The drift fences, the bog turtle traps, these were all developed by herpetological associates. Mm-hmm. We built hibernaculums and places that were going to be developed to protect the pine snakes in certain areas if they if a developer wanted to develop say 50 acres we'd survey the area and maybe say oh you're going to have to make some compromises these are all we can only make suggestions to the pilot commission. leave this forever wild or get some other land and leave it ever wild so it worked out rather well yeah the, I mean you're
0: you're you're up against the machine you 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 can't win so you might as well do, do your the, best to protect the that's animals. all you can do yeah I understand That's all you
1: can do mm-hmm. and, and,
0: and so it was is was Bob Zappalorty the first guy to really do the what I would call contract biology or contract herpetology
1: He, if not he was way on the top of the list yeah uh, Pete McLean, the old director of Fish, Game, and Wildlife in New Jersey, fought his butt off to get rattlesnakes protected, get snakes put on the threatened and endangered list. Uh, he did a lot for birds too, uh, building osprey platforms, falcon platforms, yeah, and protecting areas for bald eagles. Very successful with those.
0: Hmm. It's a, you know it's a classic, one of those classic cases if you have the right person and the right place at the right time and they can make a big impact that's
1: right? that's absolutely
0: yeah you know. I, I'm not sure if he's still with us or not but uh you know that that stuff matters that's
1: he's still out in the field is, is he
0: still out in the field oh yeah he's okay. doing
1: major corn snake and king snake work down okay in the pine barrens now cool so cool a lot of work on kings and corns
0: nice and developing still developing habitat plans and yeah that have, sort of thing
1: the new methods for drift fences uh new methods for cover boards better material for cover boards uh-huh. uh so he's very he's cutting you know cutting edge on a lot of this stuff
0: and so many years of experience yeah. doing yeah how the, how long did you work for them
1: i still get permits from them
0: oh really so you do still gather data and
1: yeah well, I do i do stuff for the state and for herpetological associates okay and because I'm retired and don't want to set an alarm clock, I don't get paid.
0: Ah, right? So I just yeah. do
1: it as a volunteer and I love All it. All right.
0: Well bless you for that. Yeah.
1: And I used yeah. to really love going into Pennsylvania doing bog turtle work with them.
0: Oh but now yeah.
1: because of the laws, uh, I'm not on the list for a lot of things. Okay. And, and as a volunteer, you know, I can't get those, you know, unless I want to work a sixty hour a week. And I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. I've
1: only been retired 21 20, 20 years and 11 days. But that, who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I I love that. I love that uh, yeah, and you you know, that's not enough in my opinion. You need you need to keep that rolling.
1: So Yeah, as long as I keep active and, yeah. and get I before I came on this trip, I went back to physical therapy so I could do this trip without being a, in a better, better shape and it makes it keeps me in shape looking forward to these trips. Yeah. I try right. and walk every day. I go to the gym just to exercise old injuries yeah. and physical therapy for stuff because I don't want operations. You know, right. and I look forward right. to being, I can do you guys are my friends. I enjoy being out in this wonderful world, you know, and if, and if it's raining like hell and we're in an enclosed cabana where it's it's only 90 90 degrees, 90% humidity, yeah. we're still laughing. Yeah. You know, yeah. normal people don't do that
0: yeah yeah and you know and it the part of it is you, you gotta you gotta suffer a little you gotta sweat a little to to get the good stuff right i mean to have yeah. the good experiences you gotta yeah. you gotta give a little to get that so
1: you know i have a, a house with heat in new jersey and i could be watching fox news or cnn you know something i don't want to do that no. i want to be outside that stuff no. is depressing and it's not healthy
0: no no, mentally rather, or physically. I'd
1: rather be on here with all the insects, the high humidity, and my friends, where it's healthy. Yeah.
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. And so you're a model for all of us too. Look, you know, looking forward. God, it's I'd like, be yeah.
1: Ugly if I was a model for everybody.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Well, thanks for talking with us today, Pete. Mike, it's uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, I really you, enjoy it. You guys it. are
1: wonderfully travel. With. <laughs>
0: Same here, buddy. And I look forward to whatever it is the next time I see you somewhere. Yeah. I know we're going to have a good time you together. You
1: need somebody to fill a space. Give yes, sir. 48 hours notice. Or <laughs> 24.
0: All right. Well done. Thanks again, Pete. Okay. All
1: right. Thank you. Mike. I hope that was a
0: That's it for episode five. I want to thank my guest, Peter Mooney, for talking with me on a hot and sweaty afternoon in the rainforest. I really enjoyed our conversation, Pete, and I look forward to our next meeting, hopefully at some remote and cool place on the planet. If you want more flavor of the olden days when Peter Mooney and other giants harped the earth, get a copy of Dick Bartlett's In Search of Reptiles and Amphibians, or either of Carl Caulfield's snake hunting books. Or all three. See the show notes for more details on these titles. The podcast outro is a great place for an ask, which is where you request something from the listening audience. So my ask for this week, if you like so much Pingle, please take a moment to rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. It really helps to bring a wider audience to the show, and I'll just say thank you in advance. Just a couple things before I go... You can find all of the recorded episodes and show notes at somuchpingle.com. And you can join the So Much Pingle Facebook group. You can also email me directly at somuchpingle at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, please take good care of yourselves. And don't forget to hurt better.